Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Dear God, we are standing on holy ground. And it's just evident as we sing, as we worship, as we are in community with each other, that your spirit is here. So, Lord, through all the changes in the world and through all the changes in our own lives, we ask that you help us to be mindful of your spirit. So, God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Many of you know, uh, last August, Trace and I, we took a vacation to Washington, D.C. And, and one of the things that we try to do on vacations, because you, may, you know how it is, you plan a vacation, and then the next thing you know, you're running around from this place to the next place, and then when the vacation's over, you come home and you want another vacation from your vacation. But we always try to plan our trips, and it was really hard in uh, Washington, D.C., because there was so much to see there. But we always try to plan for a little, not necessarily downtime, but just time for what, what I call this, let the spirit move. And we had one of those moments when we were at Arlington National Cemetery. Of course, that place is, is, is huge. And we uh, got around on the tram, and they dropped us off at the tomb of the unknown soldier just in time to see the very last part of the changing of the guard. And Tracy and I, we went all the way to Washington, D.C., and we don't know the next time that we're going to be able to get over there, so we wanted to see the whole thing. So we waited until the next uh, changing of the guard, and we noticed that something was getting ready to happen. As, as, as the changing of the guard happened again, we started to notice a lot more uh, military personnel showing up at the Tomb of the Unknowns. And we noticed that they were setting up a, a podium back in the back for somebody to speak. And then we heard noise happening down below uh, behind the tomb, down uh, on the ground floor b below the steps. <clears throat> and we were kind of curious. We were wondering what in the world was going on. Come to find out that they were preparing for a special ceremony. They were preparing for uh, a leader from the United Arab Emirates who was there in Washington, D.C., who wanted to come and lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns in honor of, from their country. So we stood there and we waited. And all of a sudden, these battalions of troops started to walk up the stairs and they posted beside the tomb. There was a, a band that, that came in and, and were playing the, the Star Spangled Banner and also the, the national anthem for the United Arab Emirates. And the president of the country came down the steps with military leaders to, to pay honor to those who have lost their lives that we don't know who they are. It was so touching, and it was so moving. 
And Tracy and I sat there and said, this is an example of us just showing up. You know, if we would have been in a hurry to get from one place to another, which I've done that at Arlington National Cemetery, and it's exhausting to do it that way, but if we didn't allow that space, if we would have hurried back to the tram just to get going, we would have missed out on this amazing opportunity. God has given us an invitation. We talked about two weeks ago how God has given us an invitation to live. And how do we handle this invitation? What, what do we do when, when God has given us this opportunity to live our lives? How do we move forward? Well, the first thing we have to do is that we have to live out this invitation and, and ex, experience this invitation through showing up and being able to explain what this invitation means to us. Our scripture for this morning is from the book of First Peter, the third chapter. Listen as Peter talks about how, as people of faith, we are to respond to the invitation God has given us. Instead, regard Christ as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Yet do this with respectful humility, maintaining a good conscience. Act in this way, so that those who malign your good lifestyle in Christ may be ashamed when they slander you. It is better to suffer for doing good, if this could possibly be God's will, than for doing evil. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First Peter reminds us that once we receive this, this invitation to live a life full of God's grace, full of God's presence, that we must be ready to give an account, that we must show up to allow God to use us so that we can share that account with others. So how do we do this? How, how do we show up? How do, how do we get this invitation to show up? First, we have to learn. We have to show up to learn. As United Methodists, we believe that Scripture is the primary source and standard for our Christian lives. It goes along with our founder, John Wesley. John Wesley firmly believed in sola scriptura, which means scripture first. Wesley was also known as the man of one book, which means that he was a man of the Bible. So learning and understanding scripture is primary for us. We must take the time to learn and understand what God's word is saying to us here and now, Psalm 119.105 reminds us that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto 
my path. When we look at God's word, when we take the time to understand what it means for us, it helps us to put a light in front of us so that we can see the direction that Christ is calling us to go. Each year around this time, I, I start a new Bible reading plan. And over the past, it's been where I would read through the Bible in a year. But this year, I was challenged by a, a, a fellow friend of mine who uh, reads through the Bible every 90 days. So in the span of a year, he reads through the Bible four times. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but... But I'm definitely trying to get through the entire scripture in 90 days, which is the heaviest reading I've done in, one, in several settings of the scripture since I was in seminary. And I will tell you right now, it is just enlightening to me. You know, whenever I would do a yearly reading, I would get weighed down in numbers or Deuteronomy or the last part of, of Joshua as they get really nitpicky and and into these different manners that you read on one setting and go, why in the world is this in there? But when we have the opportunity, or when I've taken the opportunity to read 15 to 20 chapters in one setting, the picture becomes a lot more clear. And I can see exactly why the different tribes have different numbers assigned to them and why they have different tasks and what cities they've been placed in or territories. It, it makes perfect sense and allows, and it has allowed me the opportunity to see God's word in a different light and how we can explore that light together. One of the reasons why I love doing Disciple Bible Study, too, Disciple Bible study helps you to to dig into God's word with a group and then explore how scripture really enlightens who we are and, and how we do things now and who we are and how we should share Christ's love with others in the future. That brings us to the second thing we do after we use scripture. We shouldn't just stay fit in those areas that make us the most comfortable. My hope and my prayer is that this is not the only place you get to hear God's word expounded on. I hope and I pray that you find other sources to learn about God's word so that you can make God's word become your story. You've heard me say time and time again, we have different small groups that are that are meeting throughout the church, that, that are working together through God's word. Uh, last uh, year, whenever I first got here at the beginning of the school year, we uh, entered into partnership with Right Now Media, which are a bunch of different studies that you can watch on your smartphone or if you have a, a network-abled device on your computer or at your TV, you can learn and get different studies there to help you continue to grow in your faith. See, it's important not to just to rely on your own understanding, but to be a part of a journey that allows you to learn from other sources and ideas about who God is. And really the only way that we can do that is we have to create space. 
We have to create space, and we have to redeem spare time. I will admit, I am probably the worst when it comes to cell phone games. Whenever it comes to a time where I'm, like, bored, or I'm just sitting around not doing anything, I'll pull up one of my little Angry Bird games or whatever game that I have on my phone and just play. And the next thing I know, that 30 minutes that I had where I could have done something productive or done something to help me grow in my faith, I've just advanced maybe two levels. We have to make sure that we redeem the time that we have so that we can grow and be stronger in our faith. And then we have to understand that we are called as people of faith to be lifetime learners. We are called to continue to explore, to understand, because I can guarantee you, being 45 years old now, what I knew when I was 20 is totally different. It gets worse. And what? It gets worse. <laughs> but what we learn later in life helps build on those experiences that we've had when we were younger. And it helps us to see who God is. I'm excited that tonight we start confirmation class for a group of five young men and women. Nicholas Hebron, uh, Jenna Hill, David Parrish, J.P. Payne, and Megan Westwood. They're going to meet with Wanda and me, and we are going to explore together what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the Wesleyan tradition what it means to to take what we have learned so far and make that an active faith so that we can in turn share that faith for others. So please pray for us over the next several months as we gather together in preparation for Confirmation Sunday in late May. So after we showed up to learn, we show up to do good works. Now, I know that could scare some people, because people may think that I'm advocating this works-based faith. But if we look at Scripture, we can see that the Bible is telling us something different. From James 2, verses 14 through 18, we hear these words. My brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith, but do nothing to show it. Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never had enough food to eat. What if one of you say, go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal? What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. Someone may claim you have faith and I have actions, but how can I see your faith apart from your actions? Instead, I will show you my faith by putting it into practice in faithful action. See, that's what good works is about. It's not about trying to build ourselves up as Dallas Willard would say, that we do good works not so that we can get into heaven, but we do good works 
so that heaven can get into us. One of the many blessings of our church is that we see how important it is to be Christ's hands and feet to the world around us. Whether it's through the food pantry, which it's a blessing to hear that we're serving 52 families in a week now. Or whether it's helping out with jam or, or being a part of a Bible study where we're, we're growing and we're being in service to others. Having opportunity to share the good works is just echoing what Jesus tells us in Matthew 25. I was hungry and he gave me food. I was naked and he gave me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you came and you visited me. Now the the problem with this is that sometimes pride can start playing a role in the actions that we do. We start to stroke ourselves saying, well, how wonderful it is that I get to do all these things. A former pastor friend of mine would talk about it in this way. He would say, which radio station are you in tune to? Are you in tune to K-E-G-O, K-E-G-O? which is just feeding who you are and feeding those things that, that make you feel wonderful? Or are you tuned in to KGOD, which allows you to point anything and everything you do to the one who has created us and given us this life that we have? I know that's corny, but it's just something that I use to help me remember whenever... I do something and I go, boy, wasn't that awesome of me? And I realize, no. The point is of what God has done for me. So when we use our good works, it helps us to remember that we must show up to listen. We must show up to hear others. I used to uh, spend a lot of time in Starbucks when I was doing a new church start. And I loved being in Starbucks. I would, I would have my iPad or a computer, and I would see the activity that was going on around me. And I realized that there was a gentleman who was a regular attender at the Starbucks by the name of Ted. I knew he was a regular attender because as I was paying for my coffee, I saw his coffee mug sitting there with his name on it. And when Ted would come into the Starbucks, the barista would go ahead and fill this little coffee mug up with uh, his drip coffee that he would drink. And then he would sit down in one of those Starbucks comfy chairs that was really close to me. And after a while, we started to talk. And then that one question came up that I used to regret, not because I was embarrassed of what I do, but he would ask what I did, and I said, I'm a pastor. And normally, in some situations, that's, a cue for somebody else to stop talking to me. But Ted kept talking. And Ted kept sharing with me things that were going on in his life. How I could have tried to give him answers to say, well, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. But no. See, but Ted needed somebody to listen to him. Now, of course, I invited him to my church several times. And he said he would make it. He never did. But I always felt like that Ted and I, we had worship right there in Starbucks. As we talked about our faith. 
as we talked about what God was doing in our lives. It allowed us a chance to connect with each other. See, how easy is it in a situation like that that you want to come up with answers? And you want to give situations of how they can improve where they are. But we know that God is just calling us to be in relationship. And we'll talk more about that in another sermon. Finally, we are called to show up to love. When we had this invitation to show up, that invitation goes to loving other people, even when they're hard to love. I have a quote that's on my desk that I have hanging up on the back of, of my little credenza thing that is written in uh, Mother Teresa's school in Calcutta. And this quote goes like this. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. And the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Sometimes love is hard. It's hard to love people because we're all messy. But we are called to show up in love anyway. So the question that we have for today is that when was the last time you felt the Spirit calling you to learn, calling you to do good, calling you to listen, and calling you to love. When was the last time you entered a place with the belief that God was already up to something? When was the last time you heard the Holy Spirit whisper to you and you followed through with it? When we live like this, we start showing up in our lives and the environments that we inhabit expected that God is going to do something. Let us pray. Oh God, we ask that you help us to be more aware of your presence. Help us to be prepared to give an explanation of why we live the faith that we live. Please pour into us so that we may have miracles to remember, so we may have moments where we are invited to show up and, and be a part of the work that you are doing in and through us.
we ask that you remind us of the times that you have been faithful and miraculous in our lives. So God, as we continue to live out these invitations, give us your love and your grace so that we may faithfully share our story to others so that they can see your story through us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.